You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell, here with Gary A. McGowan. You're tuned inside the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We have a special guest in the building here today, uh, all the way from Toronto, uh, the Toronto condo guru, Todor. Uh, pretty soon you're going to find out why he's sitting here in the hot seat. Before we get in uh, to hear from, from this guru, uh, here, here's a word from one of our sponsors, Gary. This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgagesbydion.com or call me at 800-518. One two two one. Mr. Dion Beg, thank you as always. It's so great that he shows up every week I for know. the podcast, I love right? Him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Toter, my man, how are you? I'm very good, Gary. How are you? I am awesome. So, so glad that you're here. Uh, Toter is one of those guys that I've known for 12, 13 years, perhaps. And and uh, I admire, always admire what you do. You're always kind of setting the bar and raising the bar, setting the bar and raising the bar, everything from, and we'll talk about all your background a little bit from, from your early beginnings to the, you know, buying investment properties and how it led you on the path that you are today. But let me read the little bio that I have for here, uh, have for Toter, and then we'll get into Toter's story and, and why he deserves to sit in that hot seat. Uh, Toter has been investing in real estate for over 15 years and acts as a realtor for investors that invest in the Toronto condo market. Toter's real estate portfolio has included single-family homes, multi-family homes, condos, and more. Toter's experience has allowed him to gain much success in first-hand knowledge of renovations, tenants, and financing, and everything that goes around with that. Toter, pleasure to have you here. Talk to me a little bit about your background, the, the Toter story in two minutes. Who, who's Toter in two minutes? Who's Toter? Because uh, every guest that we've had here before, we've had a first name and a last name. And this is uh, the first guest who goes by just one name. <laughs> just Toter. Share. Right? Yeah, so yeah. you I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Share. You you equated him to share. Well. Wow, that's that's amazing. <laughs> that might be the first fastest horns we've ever had on the show. Yeah, there's not that many of us here, right? <laughs> uh well, I uh, you know, grew up in Bulgaria. Bulgaria at that time was a communist country. Uh, graduated from uh, music high school, so <clears throat> classically trained musician. And back no in way. those, right? What? I don't think I've ever known. I've never that. heard no, that no, before. No, many people have. Wow! Known. Right? Are you telling lies now? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going back, back, back. Like, but wow. um, cool. Um, we had a saying back in those days: "Is like if you're a musician, then you can pretty much do anything." Yeah. Because in in those days, like. Uh, you know, we would fix cars and we would work in restaurants. We would just do anything. Like a musician needs to do more than just play an instrument, but basically you learn to do other things as well. And uh, came to Canada when I was very young, uh, 22, 23 years old, with, uh, you know, very many people say, like, oh, this is a very unique story. I don't see it as a unique story. I see it as a story of 
almost uh, every immigrant that I've uh, come across from from those times. Like you come here with uh, dreams, no money, uh, no language, uh, no education that is immediately transferable to the reality here. So you you start from scratch, like you're ready to do just about anything and just about anything I did. It's like my first job was in a car wash in, in Montreal and then... You know, I played on the streets of Montreal, played saxophone in Montreal, played saxophone in Ottawa. Seriously, um, the man was a busker. Uh, Are you yeah. kidding me? What? Holy moly, I did not know this. And, and um, you know, like when you say in your intro, like I keep on raising the bar, I don't see it that way. I just see it as chasing rabbits. You know, well, you're I'm being a, humble. You're right, being I'm humble. A, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hunter uh, by, you know, by... Uh, Inclination, so I chase things. So I, I see an opportunity, I chase it, I play with it a little bit, and then you know, a few years go by, and I'm like, okay, what else can I do? <laughs> what else can really get me excited up in the morning, and I can go after that? So cool, that's, cool. that's how it's been. Here's a little yeah. name from the past. Remember, remember this man, Adam Hoffman. Wow, yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> the name from the past. We were, we were supposed to, uh get and uh, get for a coffee with Adam. There you we go, should, Adam. Nice to it. have you on the podcast, buddy. Um, so, you know, meeting people like Adam and, and Colin and myself, like you don't just do that. You don't come to Canada and just do that. So what kind of right. led you into um, buying your first investment property and how did you end up owning your first investment property? Um, funny thing, my my uh, my wife at the time was uh, with a baby stroller, pushing the baby stroller on the street, uh, comes home and says, well, there's this, 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 this house, power of sale. Um, and, and I had no job, no money. Uh, but, you know, my great-grandfather had a very large real estate portfolio that was taken by the communists. So when I grew up, we had nothing. Uh, but I was always fascinated by having real estate and by buying real estate. So this opportunity came along. He says, it's a power of sale. It must be a good price. So I called my friend agent. He looked into it. We put a deposit on my credit card. Um, the good old days. <laughs> Richmond, Richmond and Parliament in, in Toronto. That must have been 23, 20, 24, 25 years ago. And, um, you know, bought the place, uh, gutted it, cleaned it up, renovated it, turned it into a duplex, rented it for a few years. And, you know, after a couple of years, I didn't get rich. So I'm sitting with all of the tenant issues and one of the card ca- credit card payments mm-hmm. and the constant phone calls from the tenants. And I'm like, this didn't get me anywhere. So I'm, this does this real estate doesn't work. So I sold it and I sold it, I made a little bit of money on the sale, not much. And six months later is when the Toronto market started to climb. Is that right? Right. Awesome. Right. Whoa. Timing's and, everything. And this property right now is sitting as an empty parking lot. Since that time, they it was a six six uh, in row houses. Yeah. So you know, a few years after I sold, they demolished them, paved it. So it's a empty, not an empty, but it's a parking lot. And I think there is a condo project for that property right now. And guess who is buying a condo in that place? Well, it has to be you. <laughs> I'm buying a condo then because this is this is where it started. Fool so me I'm, once, shame on you. I'm fool buying me twice, a condo in that yes. place. I don't care how much it's gonna cost me, but I'm buying a condo. It's a landmark for me. So now you started. You that was your first investment property, and um, based on your bio, you've done a lot of investment properties as well. How did you find your niche 
in condos and what should uh, our viewers be listening for when they're looking at investing in condos? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, since buying this property, I, I bought a number of other properties and um, I've only been licensed real estate agents for, you know, not even six years now. Like you guys, you're real estate agents. So you know how we're always looking at the market and I'm thinking it's like, where can I provide value? So that was like the guiding principle for myself um, always. So from the very first day when I got my license, I started with what I know. Mm -hmm. And what I know was uh, investment uh, townhomes and houses, investment properties in Hamilton. You know, buy the old tired Hamilton house, renovate it, maybe fix the basement, split it into a couple of units, rent them out, that kind of a thing, right? So um, after a while, I kind of got tired of that, um, going into those like older, older homes. Yes. It didn't appeal to me anymore. And I said, what else can I do? And this is when I discovered, um, oh, funny, because, you know, life always gives you clues, right? Mm -hmm. And you just have to listen. So at that time, I had a renovations company in Hamilton. Um, I was not an agent. I was just basically renovating. And I, we had a property management company and renovations company. So I had a renovations company. And somebody from Rain calls me up and he says, do you do roofs? And I'm like, yeah, we do roofs. <laughs> We've never done roofs, but I said, okay, I'll find, I'll find, <laughs> but I'll we find, do now. I'll find people for roofs, right? And she says, but can you come to St. Catharines? And I'm like, yeah, I can come to St. Catharines. She goes, like, I have a student rental in St. Catharines, and and the roof is leaking. The tenants are complaining. Can you come and help? Can you be there on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock? And um, I said, sure. So I meet my main um, renovations guy in front of the house. That person comes in. We knock on the door. You know, students are just waking up and they start apologizing because the house is a mess. They had a big party last night. As usual. So we walk into the house and I'm like, what were these people apologizing for? The house was beautiful. Wow. Wow. Right? You know, the occasional wine bottle, beer yeah, bottle yeah. here and there. But it's not the mess that most people would imagine when you say students in a student house mm -hmm. had a party last night. Right. Yeah. And a little light bulb goes into my head. I'm like, I like this. How much is this house? How much are these students paying you in rent? How many students do you have? My, my brain is starting to calculate. And I'm thinking like, oh. Hmm. So I don't have to only invest for some time in the future when my kids will enjoy the fruits of my labor. I can actually invest and make money for me now. And I'm like, okay. I like my kids, <laughs> but I but I also like take to live care of too, you. right? Yes. And yeah. and 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 in that moment, the decision was made to basically sell the properties we had in Hamilton and move everything into student rentals, and that's what I did. So the student rentals was the next exciting thing that excited me, uh, because of cash flow and because of you know it was just like new, a lot of learning curve, um, very steep learning curve, and and then. Around that time, I got my license, so I started bringing all my clients to St. Catharines, and very quickly, the people of St. Catharines didn't like me anymore because they were says, like, you're bringing all these foreigners from Toronto <laughs> buying our real estate <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and causing the price to go, to go up, up again. Yes, yes. You know, we can't wait for you people to go back home so we can buy our real estate at the prices that we're used to. Wow. Right? So um, 
And and I did this for a couple of years, two, three years. And then, um, and then you know, I got tired from the commute to St. Catharines back and forth. And eventually I met with a guy who was doing condos downtown. And at, the, at that time, I'm like, I have to apologize for this agent because at the time I said, what a loser, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> And then, and then look at me six months later, I do nothing but condos <laughs> and I love it. So, you know, life is kind of funny that way. It goes up and down and, yes, and you see some things that don't make sense to you, but then a couple of years go by and they, they make complete sense. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I got to where I am today, you know, doing nothing but condos and loving it. Just like that, eh? Just like that. Yeah. But it's not just like that. It, no. I mean, the story no. is just like that. Right. And and so that that's actually a big transition because I know a lot of our listeners would love to invest in student rentals. A lot of our listeners would love to invest in condos. Right. Two different paths. Yeah. Right? But uh, it, what helped with some of that transition going from student rentals to condos? Like, Do, do you remember like what that transition was like for you? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, they're all good investment vehicles. And I always tell people, it's like, don't try to figure out what you want to do based on, you know, you know, watching me talk or having your experience. Just do anything. And eventually you will find what you really like and you'll do more of that. But you have to start somewhere and you will never start at the perfect place. Why? Because the perfect place doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You get to create it. You get to create yeah. it based on your experience and based on, you know, walking the path, mm-hmm. your own path. So if you want to do, if you want to buy houses and renovate them in Hamilton, in Durham, out here, all the power to you. Yeah. You know, I, I think that this is this is great. If you want to do student rentals, there's great cash flow. Uh, student rentals are actually when you buy the right property at the right place, they're surprisingly easy to manage mm. and they're very safe and they're very good. Why? Because who goes to universities? Mostly good kids. Good kids come from good from good from good, good families. Family. Yes. They pay rent. And they go there to study. They don't go to university to, to trash houses, right? right? So we have to get this out of our heads that, you know, student rentals, oh, my God, they're going to trash the place. They don't. Mm, right, they don't. Right. You said some really neat things in there. I want to digest some of that. Uh, you said, you know, you, you create your own path and follow your own path. But there's there's people in front of us that have paved that path a little bit. So who are some of those people that uh, you, you, not to say you follow, but you look up to or you listen to their advice or so forth? Right. So, so the first, the first person that um, really got me thinking about real estate uh, to this day, it's an example, it's an idea, it's an ideal, is my great grandfather, a guy that I've never met. He passed away when I was uh, six months old. Mm. Um, he was a very wealthy, educated uh, person back home. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, everything that he was able to make and accumulate in his life was later taken by the communists. So that's that's wow. all gone. Uh, but, you know, he kind of like, you know, thinking about that, like it sparked the idea of like, what is it to really own real estate? Mm-hmm. You know, have and built like your little empire, you know, commercial units and residential units and houses. It's like, and it just breaks you through that mold of, you know, I bought a house, I'm paying off my mortgage, and then when I pay off my mortgage, it's going to coincide with me retiring, and Mm -hmm. life is good. 
And the question is like, why do you have to have only one house? Yeah. Right? When you start yourself that question, it's like, oh, what do you mean? I can have two houses? Of course you can have houses. Two houses. You can have five. Why stop at five? Why yeah. not have seven, 15 houses? Yes. And it's like people are like, holy, like what is going on here? Right? Yeah. You see people like that everywhere and they're just like us. Right? They didn't come with more money. They didn't come with more education. They yeah. didn't, it's just like you, they approach the process and the thinking about the project, the process from a little bit of a different angle. Right? Right, right, Why right. not? Yes, yes. And right. and then once you start doing that, it's going to take you where it takes you or where, it, where you take it to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I don't know what's going to work for you, like not you in particular. You know what you're doing. But for people, you know, you may end up buying 15, 20, 25, 50 houses. There's a guy in St. Catherine's, you know, so my great grandfather was the first one. And then um, obviously we joined Rain and, and that had a huge, huge effect on me and a lot of other people because those that was the time when you could we can go to Hamilton and you know pick up properties with five percent down so yeah. people are buying them with zero percent down and and the, the benefit to the listeners today and this is huge we were still thinking about it yep we were still analyzing it yeah we were still sitting and watching it go by and not taking action, you know, not doing, taking the fullest action that you could have taken. Like I should have bought fifty houses, not five. Well, because it was possible. It was it was possible for us to do that. Yeah, from from a financing and, and all right. of that position. And money was so cheap back you know, then. It was still cheap. Uh, the regulations to borrow money wasn't that stringent. Houses like were you were putting, you put your first home on, on your credit card. Right? Houses, right? And and and, and I, I I can't remember what I bought it for, but um, um, you know it must have been you know much less than a hundred thousand dollars because even credit card limits in those times were two, three, four thousand dollars, right? Like you don't have the credit card limits that we have that today. That we have now, yes. But in Hamilton, <laughs> I remember it a little bit more because that was only twelve. 13 years ago, um, houses were $110,000 and you can buy it with 5% down. And we were thinking about it. Yeah. (laughs) The ROI on that now would just be through the roof. Crazy, right? Through through the roof. I mean, those days are gone, but now, and you can't do that anymore, but guess what? There's always something that you can do in real estate. And that's what I'm discovering. Yeah. As prices go, go up and things change. You know, if you keep on searching, you're going to find a different way to enter the market and a different way to make and take what is yours. So over the last 10 years, we've seen prices around the GTA, even though it's flattened or leveled off a little bit in the last couple of years, just skyrockets, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Just skyrocket. Because of this, because it skyrocketed. Do you think that has something to do with the, the popularity of buying condos because of the purchase price? Um, to have that effect on the uh, residential housing, on the houses? Well, I guess my point or my question is, why are so many condos being built? Why are so many condos being purchased? And does that have an effect on the purchase price? Because the, the pricing for most condos, we'll say, is first-time home buyers, that affordability group. Right. Uh, is, is that playing a big role into it, you think? 
Well, I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a st- statistician. So I, I look at the stats, but and I kind of make sense to them, but I, ca- I can never remember them. So I can talk in numbers. I'm more of a picture uh, person, and I'm more on the emotional level and what's happening with us as human beings, and and this is what my, you know, this is where my guiding star is. Um, but when you look at condos, for example. Two or three years ago, I couldn't talk to people about condos because there was like, ah, you know, box in the sky, and I said, "Who yep. needs condos?" You know, I got this five thousand dollar, five thousand square foot house in Vaughn, and you know, it's like, you know, who cares? Yeah. Um, but but guess what? Uh, two years ago, those same people realized that their kids are not going to be able to have that 5,000 square, square foot home in Vaughn, right? Yeah. That is like $4 million now. Yeah. Um, you bought it for, you know, $800,000 10 years ago, and now you're sitting at $3, 4000000 million. And, and it's like, okay, what am I going to do for my kids? What can I do? So these same people that were completely discounting condos are now coming back and saying, oh, I need to, uh, I need to buy something for my kids because they're going to be going to university. So... A few years ago, condos were the cheaper uh, option to potential home buyers. They couldn't, um, houses were too expensive for them. They wanted to be closer to downtown, so they were buying condos because they're cheaper. Mm-hmm. Now it's completely different. Condos are more expensive than houses. So I was thinking about it just like, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I said, what happened? So what happened is that condos became a lifestyle choice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because people are no longer looking at like, do I buy a house? Do I buy a condo? Which one is more expensive? Where can I fit? Now they're thinking, I want to be downtown. It's amazing. Life, restaurants, shows, um, transportation, jobs, everything is concentrated I want to be there because it's exciting. I want to be in a condo because it allow it, it gives me all of these amenities that I don't have in a house. And then when I travel, I don't have to worry about the house. I don't know. Different, different so things terms- are going through their minds. But what I can tell you that um, there is a lot of condos being sold for over a million dollars. And the only way I can explain this is by... People want them. People yes. want them, yeah. So now with so many condos being sold, and I think it was a couple five years ago, you looked at how many condos were available on the market. You were like, this is crazy. There's no way this is really going to be the next big thing. And now it is. The demographics of people moving into condos or buying condos, what are those that we're seeing? All over the map. Really? Yep, absolutely all over the map. You have... Um, first of all, you, you know that mo- uh, I don't know what the percentage is, is, let's say, here where we are, Stouffville, Newmarket, but I can tell you, um, because my daughter was 16 five years ago, not too long ago, um, and one-third or even bigger percentage of her class did not get driver's licenses. Mm-hmm. And I know her friends, and they still, to this day, she's 21, don't have driver's licenses. Because there's transit. Right. No, because they want to be live downtown. Really? Yeah, they want to be downtown. They're not going back to Mississauga. They're downtown people. That's where the jobs are in fashion and technology and finances. Yeah. And they don't want to drive. And on top of that, the world 
is giving you choices not to drive. Yes. You have Uber, you have Taxi. the self-driving cars now. You know, there's there's condo buildings um, that are being built right now downtown with zero parking spots. No way. A whole building, zero parking spots. Because most people why? are not driving Why? Anymore. Because the builders are basically telling me, it's like, why do I need to have parking spots when you can call your self-driving taxi while you're in, in, on the elevator coming down by the time you reach ground level, that self-driving capsule, taxi, whatever you want to call it, is going to take you to whatever you want to go and you can read and you can work and you can do whatever you want while you're being transported. Wow. So that's that's the future that is coming to us faster than we can imagine it and faster than we can believe that it's coming. Yes. People think that it's going to take, you know, forever. No. As you've seen, for those of us that drive downtown, you know, two, three years go by and you cannot, you cannot... You cannot recognize yeah, the neighborhood. The, like the, an entire the skyline has changed right. so much exactly. in Toronto. Like if you don't, if you if you really want to see what I'm talking about, like go to Regent Park. Yeah. Because everybody knows about Regent Park. Sure. Yeah. Go see Regent Park. Let's let's talk about the skyline because Toter sent us some pictures yeah. of Toronto. Say how long ago? Forty years ago? Fifty years? No, Forty years no. ago? It's 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 right on the picture. Um, I think it's. It uh, Are we pulling up the skyline photos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Skyline photos. So this is Toronto. From uh, only 1998. 1998, yeah. 1998. 1998. And, and then this is Toronto. Um, for those that are listening on the podcast, you better start watching. That's what I got to say about this right now. Uh, so this is Toronto. 2012? Uh, 20, 2012. So that's 14 years later. Yeah. Yes. 14. And then, go, go back, go back. Go, go back. back to 1998. Oh, I think I skipped one on us. Maybe I, maybe I cheated. Oh, no, here we go. Here we go. Wow. So 1998. 14 years. 14 years later, we have buildings everywhere. Yeah. And now we've got this. Now we've... Wow. Well, that's not now. That's not not now, but these are all real real buildings that are approved and they're being built right now. Wow. That's amazing. So So that's an actual artist um, rendering. rendering. Of all the buildings. Of all the buildings that are approved and going to be built in the next five years where exactly where they're going to be. So this is, you can pretty much say that this is what the skyline is going to look like five years from now. That That's amazing. I know you sent us one of, um, of I think it was, was it Humber River all the way over? Yeah, I didn't put that one into the- Right, the city the... looking from, from Humber River. So you have, uh, it's it's a different angle of the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so visually, for, for those that are listening on the podcast, what just picture Toronto and the CN Tower, the Sky Dome, the BMO building, the Scotia Bank building, and that's about it, right? That was pretty that's much it in 1998. Right, right, yeah. and, and fast forward, and just you know, if you know the Toronto area, um, and especially now, you know, picture Manhattan. Like that yeah. skyline that's is just incredible, it. absolutely incredible. Um, so, so that that that's a, a a great time to also explain that a city is like um, it's almost like a person. You know, yeah. you, you know, your biggest growth happens within few years. Interesting. That's when you grow in size. Do you, do you want to use then, yours? And then you don't grow in size for the rest of your life, another 50, 60, 70 years. Yeah. From you know, I was I was traveling. So this is this is the um, uh, this is Rome, um, you know, back in the let's say 1600s, and and you have the old wall guarding the city of Rome, and there were no buildings. There is this, there's just the uh, old 
from Roman time structures, uh, but not buildings at all. And if you flip to the other one... And, and before we flip, the story that you like to mention is that exist that Rome that we see there within yeah. the city walls that yep. existed for hundreds and hundreds of years like that correct right yeah for many hundreds of years and it was when that we was, flip that over was it. to say newer Rome <laughs> right this is the new Rome like all these um, uh, five to six story buildings that you see with all the streets everywhere minus the um, historical structures uh, but the newer stuff was all built within 40 years. Yes. And I didn't realize that until I was in Rome and I was like looking at the signs on all the buildings, you know, 1892, 1895, yeah. 1896. So within uh, a short 45 year span is right. when that all spurt. of that was built within mm-hmm. 30, 40 years. So it's kind of what we're seeing here. I mean, this is Manhattan. This but is if Manhattan. We flip back to that Toronto image. Yeah. Right. When you look at all those bu- buildings in Manhattan, you can ask the same question. How long did it take them to build those buildings, and when did they build those buildings? And then you, you, that was built in about thirty to forty years span, less than forty years, twenty-five to thirty years is when they built all of those buildings. And then the cranes move on. This is what I. This is the way I like to imagine it because now you drive in Toronto, you see cranes, cranes, cranes everywhere, right? And it's like so the, the cranes sky, have moved sky from Manhattan to Toronto, and they're here. And then they build what they need to build, and then they just move on and go somewhere else. Interesting. That That's pretty cool analogy because we we don't put things into perspective like that. We just think about us. Yeah. Right? We just think about us. Um, no, that's really cool. And um, I think it's time. Is it time? It's time. It's that it's time. It's de- definitely that time. So, so my friend, um, we're going to do something a little fun with you. Oh, and, what's going uh, on? We're going to take a pause and come back to this, but we're going to have some fun in the meanwhile. So this is what we like to ask all of our guests. These are very serious questions. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. And um, it just gets us to know Toter a little bit better. Okay. Uh, a lot of these will be yes or no questions. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, favorite season of the year? Spring. Spring. Uh, is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? If they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Um, uh, first celebrity crush. Oh, boy. That was like in when I was 19. Okay. Who's you don't that? know. You don't know the person. Okay. You don't know the person, but I kissed her. You kissed what? her? Yes. What? Get out of here. Wait, Kang, she was real? Kang, this is a real estate show. Let's keep it clear. <laughs> Where did we take it from there? Um, place you most want to travel? Um, anywhere with a beach, music, good food, and nice. a good vibe. Good vibes. That's right. Uh, is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Oh, he's thinking about it, I, so he's done oh it. Oh, my God. No, no, I don't know. I, 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 I constantly think about it because the instinct is there, the instinct but is it's there. like, okay, no double dipping. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's go with no. Name one of the seven dwarfs. I don't know any of their names. Man, your kids are not that old. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think I can come up with a single name. That's all right. That's all right. What's your ideal outside temperature? 24. 24. Hot on a beach with good vibes and music. We already learned good that. Good drinks. That's right. Uh, would you rather cake or pie? Cake. Favorite movie, Godfather or Star Wars? 
Godfather. Godfather. Um, the next question on here, I shouldn't read, but I'm going to read anyways. <laughs> Go for I it. I read it, said no. Then I like, Go for it. Now I'm talking it out loud. Are women complicated? Don't answer. No. Your answer, the answer is next question. They're different. They're different. <laughs> He's a smart man. That's right. That's right. Um, what's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car? 160? 170? 160. All right. Cool. And would you jump oh, from... Oh, no, I'm lying. No. I, I did... That was miles. I did 180. 180. 180. Yeah. Kilometers. Boom. Kilometers. Yeah. Um, Last summer. Would you ever jump from a plane? I want to. I've always, always wanted to. I've not done. You? It's my intention. My intention. There you go. I've not done it either. There you go, my friend. Little fun for us. Yes. All right. Now back to real estate. Uh, We learned a little bit about Tordor there. Um, So now, uh, and I really like the way you, you give us that visual and that history of build of big cities and how they've grown. And now we are pretty much... I don't know if we will say the embryonic stage in Toronto, but we would say our teenager years, we're restarting to grow now. Um, Why should I invest in condos right now? Um, You know, because when you see when you see the massive change that is already happening and we're just at probably not the beginning, but we are definitely somewhere in, in my own personal um, estimate, we are kind of a halfway of the first half. So we're one quarter in. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you see um, the vision of the city and you see how the... the okay, here's the thing. Um, our population is going to double in the next 10, 15, 20 years max. Double. So when you know the population is going to double... When you know that we're no longer building houses, so we're not going to go all the way to Barrie, all the way to Kitchener, all the way to uh, Peterborough, but we're going to stay in those same boundaries that we are currently in, and we're going to be growing up. Um, When you know that, and, you know, the old saying that they don't make land anymore, so land is only getting more and more expensive, and, and you see the prices are going only more and more expensive. When you see that, even though everything is already expensive and is still get, getting bought up and there's still lack of housing in Toronto, why would you not invest? Okay. Why like not? How, how can you not invest? Yeah. Like, what sign are you waiting for? Like, what do you what do you want? So many people are saying, well, it's so expensive in Toronto. Right. So I can ask you, I can tell you the story. Um, brand new immigrant. Maybe I was in the country for, I don't know, a couple of years. So, um, you know, we had like our small Bulgarian community. I, I obviously had friends. So we go to this housewarming party. It's the first Bulgarian new immigrant that bought a house. The guy was lucky. Deal. He was in IT, got a job, got a good salary. The bank gave him money. He bought a house. Um... Greek town, somewhere like I can't remember exactly where Coxwell, and something. He paid ninety five thousand dollars. That was and I, expensive. I, and I, and I kept on, I kept on driving back, and I'm thinking it's like, no, two, sorry, two twenty five, two twenty five, 
and I keep on driving, and I'm thinking, how can someone pay almost quarter of a, a million, million dollars. dollars for a home? Mm-hmm. How can it be so expensive? How are you ever going to pay this off? Mm-hmm. It's all about frame of mind. You know, if you go deep in philosophical, money doesn't exist. Money is energy. <laughs> it's energy. It's energy. You know, transferred. Dollars, yeah. $2 million, yes. $200 million. It's all it, energy it's just, transferred. It's just, yeah. it's just numbers and it's just zeros. Like you got to figure that out and you have to get in the game. So don't, don't that, don't that thinking that it's too expensive stop you from buying because guess what? This is a massive moving train. Right. It's not waiting for you. You complaining about the prices that are expensive, it's not going to stop the train. This is happening. I love the story that you, or the analogy that you used at one of the presentations you did for our investors group. It might have been a year or two ago. And it was along the lines of when foreigners, like so perhaps people from Europe or China, Asia, wherever that may be, they look at our housing prices and say, it's cheap. It's cheap. Yeah. It's even even it's still even cheap after yep. the last few years yep. and that's the way they look at our market and and um if that's the case what action should we be taking if, if that's their impre- impression of our market listen to them yeah it's like open your eyes listen because you know we take pride that toronto is growing we take pride that we're in this beautiful city that is being recognized by the world as one of the best cities to live in. But at the same time, we refuse to see it through the eyes of those that are looking from the outside in. Mm-hmm. You know, this is ours. It's just like the St. Catharines. Like once the foreigners stop buying, yeah, you know, prices are going to come down to a level that I like. <laughs> It's nobody's that asking me what gone. I like. That yeah. ship is gone. And right. one of my favorite uh, quotes um, in real estate, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. Yeah. Right. That's and it. that is basically what you're saying right now. Buy real estate, buy condos now and wait to see it appreciate. Now, you you had also mentioned foreigners buying in and that is somewhat uh, of a talk. Uh, what are you? What do, what are you seeing? Are you seeing a lot of foreigners buy condos, buy up? Um... I don't. But again, I'm just, um, you know, as as an agent, most of my clients are local. Mm-hmm. Um, they are agents that deal with a lot of foreign buyers. Um, how successful and what their business looks like, I don't know. Um, what I do know is that a lot of foreigners, when they buy, they don't buy with their. Chinese passport or with their Belgian passport, they would buy through an intermediary. So they'll have like a lawyer or they'll have a friend or a relative. So the transaction will actually go through a Canadian citizen. So it shows so it's up not, local. Exactly. It shows up local. So the statistics on that are very, there's not a, a lot of good information that you can, you can take. What I do know is that there is a lot of foreign money coming into Canadian real estate, not so many foreign buyers which is very different. Oh, Tell me more about that, uh, foreign money coming. Do you want to hear a story? I like stories. Wait, is it story time? <laughs> oh, wait, I turned this off. Hang on, try that again. You're the best. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> oh, God, like this is my, this is probably my, again, going back to changing your frame of mind. So I have this, I have this one investor client who, who calls me up. He says, my daughter, 
um, is, you know, she just graduated from university. She got a job in Toronto. She's living in Toronto. She will be looking for a condo. Can you help her? I said, no problem. So, you know, she calls me up. We set up a coffee meeting. I meet up with coffee uh, for coffee with her. 20-some-year-old, you know, girl just came out of university, started working. So she's like, okay, so, you know, I do condos. I can help you with condos. Tell me about yourself. She goes like, uh, well, I also have a real estate license. I'm like, what? what? Why am I here? You know, why Why are we, why, why yes. exactly, what are we, why are we meeting for? She goes, I, I also, um, uh, but I don't know anything about condos. And I'm like, okay, so tell me about what you do. She goes, I work for those, um, one of those like big companies that um, buy and sell large, large commercial real estate. I'm like, seriously, I, you know, I'm a real estate guy. I've done a lot of things, but I don't know anything about it. So tell me. She goes, well, my smallest transaction is $40 million. <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm like all years, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, forget about your condos. We're, we're going to take care of that. Tell me I how I can know learn what from you. you do, yes. right? She goes, like, I'm the analyst for this big company. And, and, and basically what we do is we have a list of, you know, about a 1,500 names and phone numbers for people around the world, 1,500. I'm not saying any names, but, and, and we buy and sell commercial buildings. And she says, the last projects that I worked on was the RBC building in Vancouver, and it was sold for $1.5 billion to one of those Middle Eastern men who paid cash. And $1.5 billion with a right, B. With a B. And a C and, for cash. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and they're not looking to make money. They're looking to park money. Yes. And that is what the Canadian public doesn't see because it doesn't get reported anywhere. And, and, and these are all phone call deals. Yeah. This doesn't get listed on MLS. She says, we have 1,500 people in our database. So we make a few phone calls and we decide who is the right buyer for that property because the process without going into a lot of details but the process of buying and selling this building is a long it takes about a year a year and a half of, of you know document checking and lawyers and all yes. you know it's not easy to sell a building for 1.5 billion dollars a lot of people are involved but uh, the point is that a lot of people from outside are looking for safety in Canada and a lot of Canadian cap, and, and I said, okay, so how come the let's say the teachers the teachers fund didn't buy that building or another Canadian? She says they're looking for growth. Mm. And I said, so what do you do? She says they buy buildings in Mumbai for mm. growth. For, for growth. growth. So the teachers pension. So Canadian. Are so Canadian capital. We're talking about. We're yes. not talking about residential. Now we're talking about like big money, right? Canadian businesses, pension funds, real estate trusts, when they want to grow the money, multiply the capital, they take their money outside of Canada. So they would go to a more risky markets like Mumbai. Mm. But when capital wants to have safety, they come to comes Canada. to Canada. Interesting. Interesting. So Interesting. I like I like you, the risk part, but I'll take safe. Yeah. Any day on, on a real estate market. Right. Yeah. Right. So foreigners or foreign investors, these millionaires, billionaires who are looking for safety in Canada, what are they seeing that we take for granted? 
Um, again, this is not my market. It's not my expertise. Like I, I, I can only go by stories and I can only kind of like make things up. Well, don't uh, make anything up. <laughs> right. No, but what I, what I, what I mean but by even that, condo, like I, I'm not, I'm even not. Even buyers I'm, that you see that are buying condos here. That, that's different. Okay. That's different, right? So, so like the, why does the big money come here and buy buildings and commercial plaza? I'm, I'm not at the negotiating table, so I don't know. Uh, but, but condo buyers, condo buyers are buying for their kids. Mm-hmm. They're buying for the future. They're buying housing. Right, so it's very different than buying a commercial building yes, downtown yes, Toronto. Yes, you know, you, you you're buying for your kids. You know that your kids are gonna go to university, um, and 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 they will need a place to stay. You know that the likelihood of them staying downtown after university for at least few years and working at the banks, working at the financial institutions, the tech firms, um, uh, the likelihood of them staying there for a long time at least few years is very, very high. And you also know that one day, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you may actually decide to sell your house and move downtown, mm, you know, cool. and, and have this lifestyle of, you know, let's go to shows, let's go to, you know, restaurants, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's let live somewhere else for six months and just be here for six months. And you have this flexibility with, uh, when, when you buy a condo. Cool. Multiple uses, multiple exit strategies, um, and and in a growing city, it's like why not? Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things here. I want to jump into some of the other images you sent us of, of the condo developments yeah. that are happening downtown and and so forth. But a quick shout out to uh, to Christine. Great Christine, question. Christine, telling yeah, us yeah. our broker uh, of record. That's right. And it's amazing. Hi, Christine. There you go. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks to Adam. Hi to Adam and Carl and Peter and Mike and all those that are watching. Lori was watching and thanks. Thanks so much. So you were talking earlier about. The sky in the box. Yeah. And a box in the sky. Box in the sky. Same sky thing. in the box. Same thing. box in the yeah. sky. Yeah. Yours That's is more the, romantic. That's the romantic version. Romantic. Yeah. 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 I wish I had like something for that. I don't Come know what that is. see the sky in my yeah, box. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe. I don't know what that is. So yeah. Anyways. Um, but condos are changing. They don't look like that anymore or they're not looking like that. And so one of the right. images you sent us was, uh, was this one here and I'll bring that one up. So Tell us a little bit about this project. Maybe I can put this image up. Is it this one? Nope. 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 Help me out here. Um, Uh, It's coming. It's coming. This is part of the other image. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about River and Fifth? Yeah. No. Wow, I can't find it. But talk to us about how Connors are looking different. Well, Connors are just made um, not, not only for, you know, young single people anymore but they're also made ah. for peop for people yeah oh, this, this is the one, one right? thank you yeah um so they're also made for families um actually they're you know the the primary um design objective is to you know house people and and have them you know grow their families within the unit and and be in the city um you know we don't build houses anymore we just build condos um this is a perfect example of of, of what you're going to see more and more. This is St. Clair and Old Western. If you drive on St. Clair and Old Western right now, it's like a very tired, very old uh, part of the city that is not attractive. And and what they're building here right now in the next two years is this this project. It's called Reunion Crossing, um, right in the junction, right in the Corso Italia. So you have this condo building at the front, 
that will have commercial units at the bottom. And then in the back, you have these one, two, three, four, five, six blocks of stacked townhomes. And 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 with that, you're going to have like a little parquet at the end and it backs on to a park. So a lot of families are going to live here. Like this is not designed for, you know, single you know, individuals like a little little box downtown that they can go to to work and come come home and sleep. This is designed for people to raise their families and uh, and. Do we have see, an idea of what the price of something like this might be? Uh, one bedroom condos are going to start uh, in the high three hundreds. Wow. A one bedroom and a den are going to be low four hundred. Uh, two bedrooms are going to be at uh, mid five hundreds. And the townhouses are going to be around $600,000. Okay. Mid to low $600,000. Now, for uh, a lot of our clients are asking um, with, you know, because they would like to invest in condos and they know with Airbnb, that's a, the quick way for them to generate money. Mm-hmm. How many of these condo buildings are allowing Airbnb so that investors uh, can get their money back even faster? Um, they are buildings that are already built and, you know, the board of what one thing they have to realize that once the condo is built and the building is turned over to the owners, the corporation um, that is established with the new owners, you as an owner have a vote. You can be on the board. You so decide how board. you want to, you, you decide how you want to run the building. So if the building decides that they're going to allow Airbnb, which I am for, um, again, just like student rentals, people's idea about Airbnbs is that some people are going to come and trash the building. They're going to use the elevators. They're going like, guess what? I travel a lot and I stay at Airbnbs. What do I go for to, to the Airbnb for? Get sleep. Sleep. Yeah. A bed. Yeah. That's it. I open the door, leave my suitcase, leave. Come back 12, 13, 14 hours later completely tired and worn out from the day you know yeah. you crash you shower you sleep the next morning you pick up your i don't use the gym i don't use the swimming pool i don't use the elevator seven times a day i don't the wear and tear on the building comes from the people that live in the building not from the <laughs> airbnb people a good point good point Right? Yeah. Why do people come to Toronto? They come for weddings. They come for trade shows. They come for sightseeing. The Raptors game. You know, the Raptors game. Go Raptors tonight. You know, reunions, uh, business meetings, right? You're busy all day. Yeah. You're not there using the elevator. Yeah. You don't have time to go to the swimming pool, use amenities. None of that stuff gets touched by Airbnb people. So anyway, there's there's buildings in... The point is that in a pre-construction, people ask me often, it's like, can I do Airbnb? I'm like, I don't know. It's it's up, and the, the and, quick answer is up to the board. It's up to the condo Exactly, board exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So this is a great project you highlighted there, the one in uh, Sinclair. Uh, no, this, this one is called River and Fifth. Okay. Um, that's coming on sale on June 1st. Um, beautiful building by a Broccolini uh, developer. Broccolini is a big developer out of Montreal. They're uh, moving into Toronto market quite aggressively. They build beautiful buildings. They like upscale buildings. This is just east of Regent Park. And I and I, I encourage you to stop thinking about Regent Park as Regent Park because the old Regent Park is gone. There's something completely new in its place. They kept the name but the old region park does not exist. Mm. So uh, this is on river between Dundas and Queen. 
um, you know, basically one minute walk to a streetcar on the north side, one minute walk to the Queen Street car that takes you downtown in no time, um, right on Don, Don Valley Parkway. Um, look at gorgeous, that. And look at the skyline that comes building. with yeah. that. I know. And the gorgeous, sunset. Gorgeous you get that building. sunset every night, I hear. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a little shout out to Carmamer for watching and Nathan Graham for watching. This is pretty cool. Um, yeah. If you have questions, uh, shoot them into the comments there. We'll, we'll see if we can tackle them before we wrap this up at half past. But, uh, Tora, this is, this is fascinating, actually, because there's a lot of people that like the idea of condo investing. Mm hmm but they're not sure how to start. So what advice would you give to somebody that wants, has already made the decision, they just don't know how to start investing in pre-construction condos? What advice do you give them? Right? What's that conversation look like? Um, you know, once, once you're able to break through, once you're able to break through own fears and once you're able to get the proper perspective, then everything falls into place. And, and one of the ways that I can probably help people and say, like, look, in the real estate investing world, often people talk about joint ventures. What if I can offer you to join venture with a builder who's built 15,000 homes, like 20,000 units, yeah. and now you are becoming a partner with that builder? Yeah, that's a great way to present it. You bring a little bit of money. They bring 70 years of experience generations of experience they're not going anywhere yeah right their reputation is rock solid they will not ever you know uh jeopardize their their reputation because of a building may go a little bit sideways in terms of profits for them they're not going to do that right so you're their partner in the building along with 500 other people the building gets built it's usually pre-sold, you know, 20, 30% below market mm -hmm. because they have to. Yes. Right? You wait for three, four years, people move in, and then you decide what do you want to do with your life. Do you want to keep it? Do you want to sell it? Are your kids going to move in? Are you going to rent it out? And it just it just make that those small decisions. They're not big decisions. It's easy. Yeah. It's yeah. easy. Yeah. Now, a question, because a lot of people, uh, I'm sure, might be asking the question. And let, let's answer this for them, for those who might be listening there. They're not sure of typical down payment structures, because we know for a typical residential home, you're looking, avoid CMHC, you're looking at 10%, 20%, and so on. Um, what are some of the, the structure payments that a typical builder is asking? I know every builder is totally different, but... A typical? A typical is within 15 to 20%. Okay. 15% uh, of the deposits broken into three 5% installments, mm -hmm. um, extended, spread out over, let's say, 450 up to 750 days. Oh, so, so, you, so have you, like, you have You 5%. have three years to... <laughs> right. So you have 5% in, in the first 30 days. Yeah. Another five percent in let's say ninety days to six months. Yeah. Another five percent a year, year and a half, two years from now. Yeah. And then five percent on occupancy. And every time we're saying five percent, we're saying five percent of the balance, the remaining balance or the total? The total. Okay. Right. You give them you give them post dated checks. Okay. So let's say you buy something for let's say five hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I can't make the numbers now. But yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Five. Now with twenty five. 25, so it would be like 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25 so 75,000 yeah. you're paying on a $500,000 property. Now for 
potential buyers who are concerned with, yes, this building is going to be completed in 2022. I don't know what my financial situation will be like from now in 2022. Will I be approved? What are you telling those people? Um, nobody knows, right? Nobody knows. Uh, um, it, it, it is an investment. There is a certain amount of risk, obviously. Uh, it's not like a risk-free, guaranteed. Yeah. Nothing in life is guaranteed. I don't know what your situation is going to be five years from now. But what I do know is that, you know, when you buy with a builder that has great reputation, when you buy in a location that you like and you believe in that location, um, you when you buy um, at the first price, when the price is at the lowest... Chances are then two years from now or three years from now, if your life changes and, and, and you need to do something, you should be able to sell this to someone else. And if you don't make a profit, at the very least, you You're can sell it at cost and get your money out. Okay. Right. Like that, that. That's I, I don't recommend this as a strategy. You know, the, it's called the assignments. I don't recommend it. I don't think that it, it's speculation. Um, I know that people are buying it and they're thinking it's like price is going to go up. You know, a year and a half from now, I'm just going to flip my contract and make 50, 60, 70K. And then, yes, yes, I've seen it. Yes, do my clients do it? Yes, they make great money like that, but it is a speculation. speculation it's a little bit yeah. more It's a little bit more Risky. advanced game. Yeah, and I always remind people that um, you can assign this contract, but don't forget, or maybe you're not aware of the fact that the spread that you make in the middle is HSP, HST applicable. Yes. So now all of a sudden, if you think you're making 50,000, you're not. You're making yes. that minus HST and some of the other assignment yep. fees and everything like that. There's, so. there's all kinds of account uh, accounting. Um, yeah. yeah. But right. not all builders are allowing assignment, correct? Um, from what I've seen, most of them are. Um, but like I, like I said, like they don't, they don't promote it because look, builders want to build. Yeah. Here's a great comment by Christine. Let me throw this onto the, the screen here. You can always check a builder's reputation by checking their builders, Terry on claims. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Thanks yeah. Christine. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Fantastic input. Yeah. Now I know we're going to be wrapping up in what, two, three minutes. What are some of your favorite projects right now? I know it's on the spot. But some of your projects that you love, you would invest in personally. Give our clients some inside scoop. Well, the favorite projects are always the ones that I currently work on. Uh, because there's, <laughs> Good answer. No, but, but, but no, in reality, there's nothing else, yeah. right? What yeah. what I had like last last month yes. is no longer available. And what I'm going to have next month is unknown. Yes. It's in the future. But what I have now is, is what it is. And... You know, and, and that's another reason. It's like good projects go fast. So uh, Treti on Wilson Subway Station has few units left. Great building right next to the subway. Great prices. Charisma in Vaughan is a good project. Yes. Vaughan is growing incredible right now. Um, so that's, that's going to do really, really well. Um, I know that building one and two already made money. So... Building three and four will definitely make money. River and Fifth, just starting in June. Incredible uh, location, great builder, a great marketing company. That's gonna that's gonna do really really well. 
What else do we have? Oh, we have Reunion. And in Reunion is a mid-rise. We didn't get a uh, chance to talk about it, but mid-rise is changing the way neighborhoods look. Mm-hmm. Uh, neighborhoods that are not in the downtown core, but uh, like St. Clair and Old Weston, that's a really good project as well. Okay. Very, very strong. I, I wanted to make this point, and, and forgive me for not mentioning it a lot sooner. For, for our listeners, Colin and I have access to these projects. Yes. Yep. However, it's like us trying to push the door open where you are already in the door talking with the sales managers. Like the access that Toter has is far more reaching than our access. We sell our one, two, three, maybe five units a year. You're selling your 30 and 50 units a year with each builder. That's how you get this great access. That's why people need to be connecting with you. That's correct. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why I like, like this opportunity for putting you on the podcast because you do have those face-to-face conversations with all those sales managers, the directors, the builders, and, and you know, what's coming, you know, what's good to look at and, and, uh, and so forth. I know there's a neat project that you brought to our attention uh, up in Newmarket, for instance, the, the Davis, which, and you told me, and I didn't believe this, it's the first brand new condo project in over 30 years in that area. Right. Yeah. And, and I know we don't have the, all the info for that, but th- that's some of the information that you're going to get first, right? Exactly. And it just, uh, and it just goes to, to show you how the condo buildings are now popping up everywhere. It's like new market, seriously condo building in new market. Yep. So it's now coming. for that, uh, uh, listener out there who would like to get more information on, let's say, the Davis project or any of the projects that you've discussed, how can they get in touch? Well, whatever I get for the Davis, I'm going to share with you guys right away. And then you can send it out to your network and okay. uh, I'm, I'm happy to share. Awesome. I, this, 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 this is uh, uh, my view and your view as well yes. is that the pie just grows and grows. Yes. yes. Right. And it's like, I, the more you give, is the more you get. Yes, of course. And I, I don't mind sharing at all. because. All right. It's, it's so you heard way. this on the show. All of the VIP access that Tordor will have access to, reach out to us. You can reach out directly to Tordor as well. How can they get in contact with you? Website, email address, telephone number. Um, website is inside condo access, inside condo access.com. That's right. Yeah. Uh, my e- email is Tordor, T-O-D-O-R, at inside condo access. Um, phone number, should I give it? Yeah. All up to you. Yeah, Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I hear you. Uh, the phone number you, you can get, all, you can get Toter's, uh, contact information yeah, from Google the website. Name, yeah. He says, comes Google. up. There's only one Toter. Yes. yes yeah. that's it. <laughs> oh. Did we even mention your last name? We're not going no, to. No, it's, it's share. <laughs> share. Guys, you like the rock. Yes. Yeah, the Toter. My new brand. Yeah. The Toter. Forget the rock. We got the Toter. Guys, it was a pleasure hanging out with you. Uh, we're going to be signing off here. Uh, again, have a fantastic day. You're tuned in too, and we are signing out the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. There we Take are. Care, These two guys, guys are the Beautiful. best. <laughs> Beautiful. Hang on, one thing here. Don't forget, don't forget, you can always get us connected or connect to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, the World Wide Web. You can probably find us here in Stovall on every other Tuesday as well. Anyways, talk to you real soon. Bye for now. 
This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgagesbydion.com or call me at 800-518-1221.